Warning, Spinning on Two Wheels contains language, themes, and references that are inappropriate for the ears of children, sensitive grandparents, and public forums. Headphone use is recommended. Hey y'all, I'm Peggy, the kick-ass knitter. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm yarned, a little dangerous, and definitely bad to the bone. Grab your knitting and throw open the throttle. It's time to kickstart this episode of Spinning on Two Wheels. Hey, y'all! Welcome, welcome, welcome to all my new listeners, and welcome, welcome, welcome back, all my lovely returning listeners. How y'all doing out there? This is episode 37, Small World. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, It's episode 37. That was the episode. Thank y'all for joining me. I'll see y'all next time. Keep your wheels on the road. Now, (laughs) today's episode is being recorded on Friday, December 9th. It is not my normal recording day. It is why my internal clock is way off. Internal calendar. My clock is right on. It's morning. About 10 a.m. Seems right. But my internal calendar is like, what are dates? What are dates? What do they mean? This episode will include fashionably riding, open throttle, and a stalled. It's another probably short one, but I've got a really cute reason for why I'm calling this small world. So punch into gear and let's roll on. Right, so as I said, today's episode title comes from a series of incredible coincidences and a discussion with Husbando. But to give y'all a little background, every year I make Husbando a sweater, or every year I try to. All right, look, not, okay, not every, every year, Like, not every year we've been together, but I think at least every year we've been married. And the specifics of that project, this sweater for upcoming year 2023, will be shared. But that, that is a different segment. So usually when it comes up time for me to start making this sweater for the next calendar year, I, um... I try to make it fall, winter, the year before, so that he has it for the entire year of which it's intended. I like to have him pick out a pattern from the latest issue of Interweave Knits that has men's sweater patterns in it. Um, This year, this year they didn't really have any. So we did it a little differently. And I pulled up the designs of previous sweaters that I'd made for him because they are on Ravelry. They don't all have great pictures on Ravelry, because prior to starting spinning on two wheels, I wasn't really great at uploading patterns or, or pictures of projects or making project pages on Ravelry or frankly anywhere. And I'm still adjusting to being a person who posts things on social media and that's a tough adjustment for me, but I'm, I'm trying. And we're getting distracted again. I'm getting distracted again. 
I'm really excited about this sweater though, y'all. So this year we did things differently by pulling up the designs of the previous sweaters I've made for him. And we noticed a trend in the patterns he picked. He likes cables. He likes side seams. He likes cowl necks. But also, it turns out, Husbando has a favorite designer. He never knew. And I pulled up their design profile on the Ravelries, and they had a more recent men's sweater design. And Husbando really liked it. So we pulled up the pattern page. When it loaded, I noticed something weird. The pattern page had the in your library icon prominently displayed. I'm like, okay, that's strange. Hey, Husbando, look at that. That's weird. I don't remember this pattern. And he thought it was strange too, because I had never made that sweater before. It wasn't terribly expensive for a pattern. So I was like, I don't think I bought this because I still prefer to buy one-off patterns infrequently. Like I'll buy a pattern book or subscribe to a magazine more readily than I will purchase single patterns for single use unless there's a very specific reason. It's, it is how I justify buying more yarn. I'm like, I don't spend a whole lot of money on single patterns so I can get more yarn. <laughs> the two are not equal, but it's how it works in my head. Well, we didn't really look at the pattern details very closely, but instead we followed the strange icon that neither of us were expecting to see. And it turns out that the pattern was published in Interweave Knits, the fall 2018 issue to be exact. So I went, wait a minute, I definitely have that one. So I dashed upstairs to the yarn room, soon to be yarn room, with included recording nook, to dig through my previous copies of the magazine, Husbando hot on my heels. I think my excitement was contagious. And I think you wanted to see where this was gonna go. It took a little digging to find the issue. I swear, I swear these were once organized by publication date. And then I kind of like ran out of room on my exactly two cardboard magazine holder thingies. Note to self, find more of those. But once I did find it, I handed it to Husbando. I'm like, this one, fall 2018. And um, mm, at first he was skeptical because the cover designs did not include the one he picked out. So he really wasn't sure that it was the right issue. I don't think he got a very good look at the cover art on the Ravelries. And then I pointed out that the model for the menswear on the cover was the same person. And then he was still skeptical because he wasn't aware that Interweave publishes two or three collections of patterns with each issue. He opened it up and he's looking through the first collection of patterns. And he's not finding it. And he's like, are, are you sure this is it? It's not in here. Well, the sweater he was looking for wasn't in the first collection. And he thought that that was all there was. But I, I was tidying up the explosion of magazines that somebody made in her excitement all over my yarn room floor 
So Husbando and I could both, A, continue to stand in the room, and B, continue to bring all of the scattered crafting equipment from all over our house home to roost for the holidays while we have guests staying with us who are arriving next week. Should be fun. I told Husbando, like, keep looking through the magazine. There's more in there. I promise, etc., etc. And he found it! He found it! He had flipped to the pattern by the time I got up and pointed out the recommended yarn. Is this gonna work with the yarn you already bought? Oh, Husbando. I will make it work. The provided picture of the recommended yarn, or modeled yarn, looked a little bigger and had more halo, more fluff around the edges than the yarn I purchased in anticipation for this year's Husbando sweater, which we will also talk about, the yarn I mean, in a later segment. But as his hand shifted on the page, I saw the name and manufacturer of the recommended slash modeled slash suggested yarn. And my eyes, y'all, my eyes got big. I showed him the information right next to the picture of the yarn and I asked, if he recognized it. And at first he looked really confused. He was like, what? Why would I recognize a yarn manufacturer, Peggy? This is not my world. Then he asked, wait, is this that place we visited in Maine? Jagger spun yarns and mill? Why, yes. Yes, it is. The recommended yarn was Jagger spun heathered. A yarn mill and store, and experience, and just wonderful mini-vacation moment that we didn't mean to find. But boy, we did. Back in May, it was, it was astounding, y'all. And while I'm still using the yarn I purchased for this purpose, i.e. not the suggested yarn from Jagger Spun Yarns, both Husbando and I had a great time on our mini-adventure, finding out just how wonderfully interconnected the fiber world can be. It also brought back to his attention a gift from Mr. Jagger himself from that trip, a unique fiber-of-the-world map that, that he gave to me on that, that marvelous day in May that I have still yet to get framed but we pulled it up and we're like, we really do have to frame this. I want it, you know, framed and matted. Um, something with like UV protection so I can hang it on the wall or in my secretary desk here in the yarn room and not worry about sun coming through the window. It's a north facing window and I'm in the mid-Atlantic US so it won't get tons of sunlight, but I still worry. I don't want it to fade or uh, be damaged in any way, is what I was getting at. Anyway, we weren't expecting to see a yarn from a fiber mill we'd visited on accident. And Husvando didn't really realize that he had a favorite designer who, incidentally, is located out of an area of Canada that is not terribly far from where my sister used to live. And yeah... It can be a small world, y'all. Small world. But kind of wonderfully interconnected. So let's roll on to the next segment. Right after this. Howdy. This is Knitting Daddy Greg. 
This episode of Spinning on Two Wheels is brought to you by Standard Time. Standard Time is the way time is intended to be. The sun is nearest its highest point midday at noon, not at 1 p.m. We're not sending our children out to wait at bus stops when it's dark and dangerous in the morning. Daylight saving time steals an hour from you every spring. Standard Time. It's about time. While riding gear is important, wearing handmade gear is more fun. Riding while fashionable is the best way to show your colors and show off your skills. This is how I've been fashionably riding through life. I have been wearing a sweater that I made for myself many years ago. I never even made a project page for this. Remember, I used to be terrible at that. I still kind of am working on it. So I had to go digging in the annals of Ravelry. Annals. A-N-N-A-L-S. Not annals. Not butts of Ravelry for this pattern. And after quite a bit of digging, I found it. I found it. The pattern is The Hitch Pullover by Vanessa Ewing, published in Interweave Knits, Fall 2014 issue. Which is contemporary to when I made this sweater. I made this sweater in 2014. That makes sense. Yeah, I remember starting it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used Peyton's Classic Wool Worsted Weight in the colorway Taupe. Which is actually like a deep warm brown. I don't think of it as a taupe color at all. It is a pullover sweater that features saddle sleeves with beautiful scrolling cables from the shoulders to the wrists a V-neck-shaped opening, and a shawl collar that could be worn up or folded. The things that attracted me to this sweater were the very square shoulders, which is a result of the saddle shoulder set-in. So they are set in sleeves, but they are much further set in than one would think. There is a rectangular section at the top outside of each sleeve that becomes the shoulder seam, or, or that goes where the traditional shoulder seam usually is. So you actually get two shoulder seams, much more structure, hence the shaping. That that V-neck shawl collar popped up, looks really chic, and I love it. <laughs> it's not a sweater that I typically pull on very often. It's a little bit more slim fit and a lot thicker than my normal, like, just going about the house sweaters. But I have been reaching for it these last couple of, of days. And I was surprised that I've had it for so long. And that it still fits. Take that COVID whatever body thing people were having issues with during COVID lockdowns and shit. You don't bother me. All right, well, I'm not bothered by the way that my body has changed during COVID, but I am bothered that people are bothered. I don't know. Suck it, COVID, for any number of reasons. Suck it, COVID. Anyway, let's cruise right along to the next segment, but first this message. This episode is brought to you by Pigments of Inspiration. Pretty colors swirling all around, luckily from overwhelming excitement and twirling in the yarn room instead of illicit substances or brain injury. But really, if the colors are pretty and inspirational, does it matter why we see them? 
This is Open Throttle, getting you up to speed on my current projects. And I would like to take this opportunity to welcome y'all back to the MHK. Hello, Master Hand Knitting Certification Courses. Yes. Because it turns out <laughs> that I actually knit and blocked the wristlet for level two and just forgot about it. Time is weird, man, and hiatus was even weirder. We aren't trusting my memory during that, okay? Okay. I found it pinned to a blocking board while I was shifting items in the yarn room to get ready to store more of the big crafting tools like the big Franken loom, uh, spinning wheel, and the lap loom, and various associated tools over the holidays while we have guests. It's just easier to have it all kind of in the yarn room together. And Husbando and I chatted about like clever storage solutions in the room and how to make it both a beautiful, inspiring, functional craft room recording studio while also being functional as an extra guest bed. And they cannot, it turns out, sleep on the yarn. It's not a viable solution. But finding that wristlet means that I am one third of the way done with the capstone knitting for level two of the master hand knitting course. Woohoo! I only have to do two more. A vest from a published design that incorporates side seams, a V or U-shaped neckline, picked up stitches at the neckline and armholes, and a traditionally made argyle sock. The sock has to be adult-sized, but the vest can be sized for a child. Little kid-sized child, but not something huge. It does not have to be a giant-ass adult vest. And I think... I think I already have a pattern for that vest that I could use. And realizing that I am actually closer to finishing those capstone knitting pieces has been quite motivating. Like, oh, I thought this was a mountain I had to climb, but here I am already a third of the way up. And the path before me is fairly clear. Huh. Cool. Great. So expect more from the MHK in future episodes. Next up in Open Throttle, we have Operation Suck Drawer. What? What? <sighs> and my bestie. My bestie came to D&D this week laughing laughing about how I had to tack on a stalled segment to the last episode after finding the mistake in the number of picked up gusset stitches. Cackling she was. I'm sorry, I had to share that. Hey, Jenny, love you. I had already fixed that particular issue and even added about 22 rounds of color work into the foot. And that means that I am nearing the end of the gusset decreases and I am a little over halfway finished with the foot of the sock. I really do think that I can start the new year with a new project from Operation Sock Drawer. What, what? And finally, I have, as I alluded to earlier, started working on Husbando's sweater for 2023. Husbando decided on the Sandy Neck Pullover by Moira Engel as his next sweater. And y'all already heard how that came about. And yes, Moira Engel 
is his favorite designer. And I think mine as well. This design was published in the Cape Cod collection from Interweave Knits magazine in fall 2018. And I purchased the yarn for this project at the Maryland Sheep and Wool 2022 show from the Miss Babs booth, which is where and how I purchase yarn for Husbando's yearly sweater every year. I even get the same base every time because I love it. And it is the Yowza yarn base, which we've heard of before. A DK weight, 100% superwash merino wool yarn that I love for these sweaters because the put-ups are 225 gram hanks containing 512 meters of yarn. They are gigantic. They are gigantic. And I only need about two and a half to make Husbando, who is also gigantic, a full-length sweater. And he likes his sweaters to run a little bit longer so he can sit down comfortably in them. And he also loves the fabric that the yarn makes and finds the sweaters incredibly comfortable to have on. So he, you know, wears them, which is the whole point of making someone a giant fucking sweater every year that they wear it and that they love wearing it. So they keep wearing more. It's perfect. It works out right every time. I have swatched for this sweater. I did a gauge swatch for the pattern suggested stockinette and three of the cable patterns, repeats. So I did on that. Made my needle size adjustments accordingly. And if my cables are a little tight, I know from working the MHK level two, how to add stitches in a cable design to make the gauges kind of even back out. I think it's going to be nice. And I've cast on and uh, already got about centimeter and a half. No, a little bit more. Almost two centimeters. Almost two centimeters. I'm willing to say that. Yeah. Or if you're in the U.S., about an inch done of the back of the sweater. So I'm still in the ribbing band at the bottom, but you know what? It's going. Chugging along. Just like we're going to roll on to the next segment after this break. This episode brought to you by Gage Rage. Gage! When you're knitting and you just can't get gauge gauge rage motorcycles choke out yarn makes tangles sometimes you have to drop out of gear restart the engine and figure out what the hell happened before you get back on the road welcome to stalled so as i was talking about the gauge swatch um from the new sandy neck sweater for hispondo I am glad I decided to do a gauge swatch, as I pointed out. You know, despite being very familiar with the designer's work and the yarn I am using, making a gauge swatch is a smart decision, just to be safe. As I said, it called for three separate measurements, two from the various cable charts and one standard stockinette section. It called for two sizes of needles, four and 4.5 millimeter needles, I swatched as instructed on the larger needle size, 4.5 millimeters, which is a US 7. Hashtag. 
Shut up, U.S. sizes. What the fuck? Go metric. And, um, <clears throat> my gauge was giant. My gauge was giant. It was odd because I had had a phone call from Audio Man not long before about what do I do if my gauge is, like, impossible to get? What if, what if the gauge of the pattern is impossible? Like, my gauge is way bigger, but I really like the fabric I'm making. Go with the fabric you like. That gauge sounds really tight. And I had to think back to that conversation and go, hmm, Husbando, do you like this fabric? No, it's a little loose. Okay, well, we can go a little smaller. I was sitting down and I'm like, okay, how much smaller do I need to go? And numbers escape me sometimes. And I sat there with a, a little index card and the numbers that I had written down. Okay, I have this needle size, 4.5 millimeters. I have these many stitches in four inches, well, 20 centimeters. I need this many stitches in 20 centimeters. What size needle do I need to get? And I am looked at Husbando. I'm like, okay, I know that there is a way for me to do this math. I don't remember how to do this math. How do I do this math? Oh, right. Yeah, you want to put the needle size and number of stitches you have on one side and the ones that you need to find on the other side and cross multiply and so forth. And I'm like, I think I vaguely remember that term. Let me see if I can figure it out. Is this, is this right? Is there a needle size that comes close to this number 3.8, whatever, whatever, whatever? Yes. Yes, there is. 3.75 millimeters is in fact a standard knitting needle size. It's about a size five US. Or 3.75 millimeters. Everywhere fucking else in the world, US, get your shit together. So that is the size needles I'm using is my larger needle size. No big problems, but I definitely found myself tinking back to space the cables in the swatch so they're not right on top of each other because I want a more accurate measurement. And, you know, since it's a swatch by tinking, I mean frogging. So say it with me. Rip it, rip it, rip it. Because on a swatch, I got to make sure I don't have loose stitches, screwing up measurements, and I need this to be as perfect as possible. Otherwise, the gauge swatch won't do its job. And I will end up with a sweater for either Andre the Giant, may he rest in peace, or a Ken doll. And I ain't going through that again. And that brings us to the end of the road. Thanks for riding with me. The music welling up is Organ Rock, Classic Hard Rock by Julius H. And is used under a common license. Audio and emotional support by my brother Larry. Hi, everybody. You can find more of his work nowhere because he is an enthusiastic amateur show notes along with images links to all of the places to find and support the show as well as everything else can be found on the website twowheelspodcast.com don't forget to join the Ravelry and Facebook groups and check out the Instagram at the kickass knitter if you liked the episode show some support all pledges made on Patreon and Ko-fi support the show directly, 
by covering the costs of things like platform fees. Supporters will also have access to episodes a little early, behind-the-scenes content, and the monthly video chat. If you would like to support the show in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. The next best thing is to leave a five-star review for the podcast. Leaving a positive review helps new people find the show. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, I'm revving for you. We're all in this together. Keep your wheels on the road. <laughs>